it's time to sit back and enjoy The Two True Freaks Internet Radio Broadcast. The Walking Dead. Hello and welcome to Walking Dead Wednesday number 20. And an especially special Walking Dead Wednesday because it's Halloween month and it's a zombie show. And I'm here with the usual cast of zombie freaks, Dr. William Robinson. Hello, mi amigos, mi hermanos. And Sean Engel. Menudo, everyone. <laughs> Sexy newscaster. Oh, good lord. From the Demanza Corp action news team. I feel pretty. <laughs> oh, so pretty. I feel pretty and witty and undead brains. Okay. How's it going, everyone? Good. Okay. This time on Walking Dead Wednesday, we are back on the TV show, and we're at, what is this? Is this um, episode four? Yep. Of uh, this first season one? It's called Vatos. Which, do you know what Vatos stands for? Something Um, Spanish, man. (laughs) <laughs> yes, it's uh, basically slang for dude or cool dude, guy. friend, good yeah, friend, buddy. my good friend, it's... just like pendejo. Isn't it traipsu? No, I don't think you quite understand what pendejo is. No, man, about. you tell something, you say, hey, pendejo, what's that hey, mean, man? It means like my good friend. <laughs> hey, puta. Oh, yeah. It's a, it's, yeah, it's a term of endearment. Right. <laughs> Quickly, everyone run to the barrio and yell out puta and see how fast you make it. It probably <laughs> depends on who you yell at. <laughs> yeah. And where. But we're not here to discuss the etymology of Spanish words. Oh, Spanish come on, where did, you, where did you... Who gave you that word? Has Scott McGregor been talking to you again? Oh, so, okay, so he's a smart one. <laughs> Yeah, man. All those years, you know, you know, th- I have a bone to pick with everybody. Everybody. All those years, man, going to the special classes, everybody telling me I'm special, having all those people coming in like when I was in elementary school and doing tests on me. I thought that meant I was really smart. Why? And whatever, you guys. Is, nobody is this an nobody intervention? ever mentioned that. I thought I thought that bus was like for you know a special bus that you were rewarded for. You had a little more leg room. <laughs> wow, man! Stuff. It was like I first class. I, I, comfy That's seats. A, uh, I I didn't mean I didn't mean to touch a nerve. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, man. It's okay. I'm just on edge. Um, <laughs> Cut back to caffeine, dude. <laughs> I know. I am drinking Dr Pepper. I've uh, been hitting the energy drink for podcasts in a while, and you can see why. Okay. <laughs> so, Vatos. So, Dr. Bill Robinson has lovingly prepared a... I I hear quite an epic synopsis. Well, it's nine pages, but I write really big. <laughs> <laughs> There's like t- two words Me on too. the first one. <laughs> Do you, hey. do you like? <laughs> I have a big number one, and Vatos is basically the first page. So my crayon's as big as a human leg, and I just prop it on my shoulder. And 
Uh, all my all my synopses are written out on construction paper. <laughs> With the lines? Yes. The lines for the letters? Yeah. Ah, yes. I remember those days. Those things made great paper airplanes, too. So, Vatos. See, Sean's always bringing us back to back on track. Please. <laughs> <laughs> well, he is like the lovely school teacher now, so. Uh I'm never going to live that down, am I? No. Uh, you'll forever be Shauna and I'll forever be Dr. Bill. Well, that's... Uh, I, I guess that's not such a bad thing. Well... Uh, the Shauna thing might wear off after a couple months, Dr. Bill. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Shauna didn't write a book, you know what I'm saying? True. I didn't write that book. <laughs> Whatever. Ah. <laughs> <sighs> uh. Anyway, are we ready for the Vatos synopsis? So ready. We are. Oh. All right, let's dive right in. Vatos, <laughs> Season 1, Episode 4. We open up and find Lori and Amy are fishing in the quarry by the camp. They reminisce about fishing trips with their father and discover that for each of them, their father had a different method for fishing. With Lori, he would always let her catch the fish, being the provider, while with Amy, they would have to release them back back into the uh, back into the ponds showing the different natures of the two girls tears begin to well up as they realize what their father had done for them dad had a no crying rule in the boat it scared the fish so they dry their eyes and wonder if mom and dad are okay in florida they so they hope so and joke that the no crying rule was more for their father than for the fish Nearby on the RV, Dale, Dale sees Jim digging shallow graves up on a hillside, and we cut to the credits. When we come back, we find Rick, Daryl, T-Dog, and Glenn finishing a rousing course of Give Merle a Hand. All we are saying is give Merle his hand. Daryl is a little upset, though, and pulls his crossbow on T-Dog for being off-key and for leaving Merle on the roof. Rick draws down on him and quickly ends the Mexican standoff. They gather up nine pages, huh? <laughs> We're only on two. <laughs> oh no! Hey, you, you, you want a synopsis of the show or not? Please. <laughs> yes. They gather up Merle's hand in a do rag and place it in Glenn's backpack for safekeeping. Now the hunt is on as they follow the blood trail inside the building. Back at the camp, Dale is concerned for Jim's health and wondering if he is a few tacos short of a 12-pack. He offers him some water and leaves Jim to his work. Back in the big city, the four amigos are still on Merle's bloody trail, dispatching a walker as they go. Wow. Did you have, like, a thesaurus of bad Mexican jokes? <laughs> Oh, it's not, it that's better. more like a bad Steve Martin, Martin Short. And who is the other? Um, Jimmy uh, Chase. Chase. Yeah, right? How could I forget? But please continue. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no problem. Page three. I feel like Paul Harvey. <laughs> <laughs> Page three. Laurie and Amy return to camp with fish tacos uh, and fish for dinner. Think about it. And moving on. Everyone is happy with their fish. Not tacos. Everyone is eating tonight. 
fish. Ah, forget it. Dale approaches and voices his concern. Yes, I hear someone out there. No, no, no. Okay. Nothing. <laughs> Keep going. Okay. You're doing good. We're only on three and a half. And voices. Dale approaches and voices his concern about Jim, pointing out uh, to him still digging up on the hill. The Atlanta group, meanwhile, has found a lit stove in the building. Someone's in the kitchen with Merle. Someone's in the kitchen. I know. I know. Looks like Merle was on the menu as the uh, as he most likely charred that stump. I wonder if he wants some fish tacos. Yes, I hear you out there. Going. What are we on now? Four? About four <laughs> quarter? 3.75. Oh. Oh. It's writing must have gotten this <laughs> Is it all sort of, is all the writing sort of like drooping down into one corner of the page? <laughs> Until it gets smaller and smaller and smaller. Get the construction paper with the lines on it. Yeah. <sighs> Rick and Daryl begin to argue whether or not uh, Daryl's going off going out after Merle alone. They agree to go out together and search the surrounding area and to recover the guns. Now you guys have thrown me all off. Recover the guns that Rick had left in the street. Page four. The camp has decided to do a digging intervention on Jim. He, however, wants nothing to do with it. Calling out Shane on his attack on Carl's husband, Shane has to take Jim down. Then he recounts how saying that things will be all right doesn't matter. It had been what he had told his family just before they had been overrun by walkers. They weren't okay, and the only reason he got away is that the dead were too busy eating his family. Back in Atlanta... Boy, we got our, away without a diggum joke? Without a... Well, with a, without I a, can't do jokes all the time. Wow. I thought for sure we were going to get, what is it, sugar corn puffs? Dig him. That, that, I think that would have worked better in last, last episode about telling to the frogs. Yeah, exactly. There you go. Yeah. Tying it in all a, together. Anyway, on, in Atlanta, I guess, right? Uh, four and a half. In Atlanta, our heroes have the office supplies and are laying out an elaborate World War II type plan on the floor with Sharpies, Post-its, paper clips, and erasers. We also discover that Glenn used to deliver pizzas, which may explain why he gets around so quick. The plan is for Glenn and Daryl to get the guns and meet back up where they started from. Glenn heads for the guns while Daryl waits in an alley. Making good time, he's able to get the guns, the bag of guns, and Rick's hat. However, Daryl has an un- unexpected visitor in the alley, a living one. The youth keeps crying out until Daryl tries to shut him up, only to be attacked by two more people. They beat down Daryl and attack Glenn as he rounds the corner with the guns. Daryl, not being totally taken out, places a well-aimed arrow in one of the guys' posterior. So goes the old saying, I was a Vatos until I took an arrow to the ass. See, there, there, there's your joke that I was going to put in there. I knew it was coming. I heard it coming. <laughs> I ducked just in the time. <laughs> a lowrider pulls up and senior arrow ass and friend take Glenn hostage and speed away. Back at the ranch, camp, whatever. Ah, man, I'm tired of this bouncing back and forth. Jim has been tied to a tree and is given some water. He apologizes to the camp and says that a dream made him dig. He reassures Carl that his dad will come back back for him. Later, Lori goes to Jim 
and he tells her ominously that that she needs to keep Carl close to her. Returning to the city, the guys are playing good cop, bad cop with their captive. Daryl pulls the drop the severed hand in his lap trick, and Rick pulls him back. He's able to get, get him to lead them to where Glenn was taken. They are looking for the man, Guillermo, which is my name in Spanish, by the way. Dr. Guillermo Robinson. Mi abro es Guillermo. Our group now meets the other group, and they have a calm discussion about removing feet and arrows and butts. The group begins to negotiate a trade for the prospective captives, but the Vatos want a little more of the guns. The two groups separate for now. Rick and company go back and discuss how to get Glenn. They lock and load and return to the Vatos. They enter and give back their hostage, but not the guns. Another standoff begins until Grandma comes in and tells Rick not to take her grandson. He is looking for someone. She she asks if it is an Asian boy. She says yes and leads him through the stronghold, which appears to be a nursing home. They see various patients throughout the home, and the Vatos tend to a patient with an asthma attack, and, and as Glenn is standing nearby watching. Guillermo and Rick discuss what is going on. The staff had ran and left all the old people in the home. The custodian, Guillermo, and Felipe, Felipe, which was the grandson of one of the patients, stayed to help and secure the home. Rick gives, decides to give them some of their guns for protection and leaves to head back out of, out of the city to the van that they had left just on the outskirts, only to find it stolen, most likely by Merle. Laurie, in the meantime, is looking for ribbon or wrapping paper for a present for her sister, since her sister's birthday is coming up. Dale assures her that he will find something. Jim also is in better spirits and agrees to join them for dinner. Carol and Sophia also come along as well, but her rainbow-colored-faced husband decides to stay in his tent and mope. We cut to the guys running back to the camp for fear that Merle is heading there to exact revenge on those left behind. Everyone is gathered in the camp, enjoying the girls' fish and a good fire. They joke with Dale about his watch. He imparts some wisdom while Carol's husband is attacked by a walker in his tent. Amy is also attacked as she leaves the RV after using the restroom. What a way to go. But dumb no bum. <laughs> Continue. This is it. I'm on the last page. Saying. Page nine. Page nine. And I'll read this with Paul Harvey. Awesome. The fish. It's the van. As the camp is overrun by walkers. And many of our friends fall. Rick. Any other hear the shots in the distance and are spurred to run faster. Everyone left in the camp is moving back and forth to the RV for defense. Things are not looking good as the walkers close in. At the last second, Rick returns and they route the walkers and save those who are left. Laurie tends to Amy only to watch her die. Jim remembers his dream now and why he dug the holes as we pan out across the newly minted dead in the camp. 
And that's the last of the story. All right. Um, <laughs> we are recording this right now, so I haven't edited this yet, but I just sort of edited it in my head while it was going on. And I, I just want to apologize. I want to apologize to all our Hispanic listeners <laughs> right now, even before I edit it. It's all done in humor. <laughs> Come on, I oh, I did more fish taco jokes. It's than- it's not for what yeah, and it's not for what Bill did. It's for what I'm gonna do. Oh, <laughs> oh dear lord. <laughs> I can only imagine the La Cucaracha song. It's going to be <laughs> Oh, you're way ahead of me. Okay. Oh, yeah. Uh, that okay. and the, you're going to have the Lowrider song. and <laughs> Yes. Okay. You guys. Okay. You guys are okay. on board. You guys are on oh. board. Sorry. Oh, I, Sorry. I, 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 wrote, I wrote this. I wrote this picture in what you would put behind it. <laughs> on behalf We're of all horrible, us. horrible people. <laughs> on, on, to all people of good taste and... <laughs> Oh, you know what? I forgot. I forgot. We don't need no stinking badges joke. Oh, man. Wow. You know, there was no Cheech and Chong in there. I, I, well, I, I didn't want to go for the obvious ones. Yeah. Oh. Like like, like Mexican standoff. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, what did you guys think? This is, this is the best episode of The Walking Dead so far. In my opinion, uh, this is this is the city on the edge of forever of The Walking Dead. Uh, and, you know, if you want if you want to show someone what not only The Walking Dead comic is like, but what The Walking Dead show should be like, you show them this episode, even though that this that this episode didn't have all that much to do with the comic and you know the prior episodes have basically been very oriented towards the comic mm-hmm. this felt the most like the comic out of all of the shows even the ones that were actually just trying to adapt the comic to the screen this is a great episode and i i i can't recommend it to people any higher it's it's just a perfect episode i think that's cuz kirkman wrote it basically mm-hmm. And you can you can tell a lot of, uh, you know, the sort of Kirkman feel of it, you know, especially uh, with the scene at the beginning with uh, Amy and uh, Andrea in the boat, you know, talking, Mm -hmm. just having this conversation. And then the beautiful. Hmm? I'm such an idiot. I kept calling that. I kept calling Andrea Laurie. I was through the actress's name. (laughs) No, but uh, the what? But that that scene in the boat and I'm talking about just. (laughs) <laughs> about simple things and then they the the beautiful shot the wide shot of the boat and then panning up slowly through the green of the the evergreens up there to to jim on the top of the hill digging and you're wondering what the hell is he digging why is he doing that and in the back of your mind you know it's graves but it's well, not yeah. really stated throughout it but it's the it's evil just, music starts swelling up you know the theme song starts swelling yeah. up yeah I mean, it's it's just so wonderful. I love this show, and this this is the reason why I'm still watching it today because I'm hoping that we will get more episodes like this. I think this one set the template for conversation mm-hmm. in the show. In the, this this, and I've noticed it's become maybe somebody will do a parody someday of the Walking Dead TV show 
where everybody prefaces every statement with, I get it, or I get that. You know, we mm. all want to survive. But uh, yeah, this is the first time someone said, blah, blah, blah. I get that, but blah, 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 blah. I'm sure it was Rick who said that. But oh, yeah. yeah, it's full of Kirkmanisms and uh, and just the way the the whole the whole Mexican standoff scene that's you know where everybody's tough guyness is completely blown away by Grandma walking in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, that was and, brilliant as well. And it's like one of the first times Rick's uniforms really come in handy for him. In in this in you know anarchy world, it's from an old lady who's just like, oh, don't arrest oh, my my grandson. Don't take my grandson. He's a good boy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, and it just uh, you can see it just takes the wind out of everybody. Everybody with their guns drawn in the room are just like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I I the first time I saw this, I thought it was a good episode but after going through it back and forth analyzing it writing it up it, it does have a lot more meat to it than the first time i saw it poor you know, t-dog was... too <laughs> poor, poor poor guys like just not cut out for the zombie apocalypse and rick puts him in the sniper position as, as a sniper <laughs> yeah, sitting there you know shitting bricks going please don't do anything let's, just give us a guess let's just get this over with well, unfortunately, I don't think T Dog was really all that well realized of a character. I wondered. I I wonder why he even existed. At I all. mean, essentially, when the show started, you thought <clears throat> that he might have been an analog of Tyrese, but unfortunately, His... you know, he never ended up like that. Now, now that we have Tyrese in the show, Tyrese isn't even really being Tyrese. So I don't know why. Well, he kind of got. Beginning... He kind of got close to that before his end. He was getting to that point. He was getting mm-hmm. more Tyrese-like towards the end of his character, which happens third season, where unfortunately he leaves us. I, I believe it's third season, yeah, because they're in the yeah. In prison yeah, but then. it's just like it's just like why did they have this guy around so much and not develop his character more, especially mm-hmm. since it's a new character and like a lot of the new characters are doing really well on the TV show, you know, especially you know. Um, uh, yeah, Daryl is just like one of the most popular characters on the whole show. Mm-hmm. So, and it's it's great we get uh, we get to see the sort of bond that uh, Daryl and Rick would have throughout the rest of the show, sort of beginning here because initially Daryl doesn't trust Rick at all, but Rick at least you know gives him a reason to 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 trust him and also starts that sort of. Uh, compensation for the kind of brotherly feelings that right. Daryl wasn't getting from Merle. I was I, I was know. just going to say that, you know, it was um, Daryl. Daryl seems to me, you know, he's tough, but he's also sort of a follower. He's, mm-hmm. he's mm-hmm. also he's 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 like definitely one of those like um, rough, tough, sullen southern boys. You know, yeah, but he's, he's also in a lot of the ways he's kind of I could see him like a he's like a loyal dog that's yeah. Well, he's kind that, of shy. He's he's yeah he's he's shy, but he comes back to his to to so, you know he he like with Merle he kept came you know he kept following Merle because it's it's the only thing he knew, and then he finds something new where he's not getting kicked in the teeth by Rick. He's shown a little bit of of 
you know, equalness. Well, yeah, the whole the camp is starting to say, hey, you know, be like, dude, we really appreciate what you're doing, you know. And mm-hmm. Well, and I think that's one of the things that that helps define Daryl as a character is that he is given he, he's basically given the Tyrese role so far in the show. He's given the yes. uh, the conscience and the uh, sort of strong man, uh, not really like, second fiddle, but the 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 vice president kind of role. Yeah, like yeah. Say. You know, if he if if you're going to be in a scrap, you want him or Rick around. Mm-hmm. But Michonne is one of those too, you know. Uh, just and he also seems to become more like Rick's enforcer on some levels. You know, he's Rick's muscle. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's it's great to see the the character development, uh, you know, of of Daryl. And yeah, it is kind of unfortunate that the character develop, development of T Dog really wasn't all that important. I, I, to and the actor, for I mean, for what he was given, seemed like a really good actor. Mm-hmm. And he had a he had a good he had a good face, you know. He had a very expressive face. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's so hard to say much about him because he was just sort of. And it's funny because the internets were all just like, "Yo, why doesn't T Dog get any T Dog?" And it just never happened, you know. Mm-hmm. Just strange. It's a it's. I don't think we ever really got a T Dog centric episode, did we? No, like where what his origin story his was so deal dealio was no at least if we did i don't remember it i don't think we did you know because i think uh, i was kind of wondering you know how he came to be with the group uh, and you know you know what his backstory was and unfortunately we don't get any of he's that he's literally he's, just some guy mm-hmm. the whole thing i mean he's, he's some guy named t-dog He's uh, sadly he's no more developed than uh, oddly enough the Mexican family that was with the uh, group there. Yeah, uh, it's just that he stuck around longer, and which is which is disappointing because he was there till the end of or till midway through season three. I I was wondering maybe they're thinking we want T, we don't want T Dog to stand out as a character. We want him to be almost like a proxy for the uh, audience. As just yeah, like possibly. a sort of uh, not not exactly a cipher, but just sort of a blank everyman to react to stuff, you know, like a you know, like a normal person would, you know, if they had mm-hmm. to be a sniper up on top of a roof or something like that. But mm-hmm. if that was their intent, they didn't really exploit it. His character to that they didn't do anything with him really, no. Except just have him be there and around. Well, this one, this one they actually did. <laughs> he had a, yeah. a a use anyway. It didn't really do anything. It, you know about his. Well, I guess it shaded a little bit about his his character that he was kind of, but it was just that like, he was reluctant to be up there as the yeah, sniper. Yeah, yeah, but you know really not much and that's that's not a very daring or you know insightful especially insightful character thing to show but i mean yeah we're complaining about t-dog but still that's just a minor quibble of of this episode now do you guys think that all the zombies that that fall upon the 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 camp do you think it's possible that Merle filled up the the truck full of zombies 
and just the van, the van, you know, lured a mm. bunch of zombies into it, drove up there and, and dropped them off. I hadn't really thought of that, but I think they, I'm not sure if they addressed that in the next episode that I could have swore there was something mentioned in one of the, maybe the next one about how the walkers got there. And I don't think they thought about Merle doing it. I think, I think it was I think in the previous episode they mentioned that with that one walker that came up. Oh, that's uh, right. With the deer that they said that you know the walkers usually haven't come up here. Maybe they're looking for food. So it was my estimation that uh, they were just looking more for things to eat, and they just happened across the camp. But it was I like kind the of idea. Spelled out, you know. I mean, my first thought when the van was stolen wasn't Merle, you know. It was just like, oh, someone stole the van, but Rick instantly goes, Merle. And they all seem to be just, even Daryl just seemed to be like, oh, of course, Merle. And then Daryl goes, well, if it is Merle, he's going to be taking some wrath up to the camp. And uh, that's when they were like, started, you know, hiking back to the camp. So that's, that's what made me think that. You know, that and it, was, does, it, it does kind of, uh, you know, the theory does kind of hold water because there were a heck of a lot of zombies showing up mm. at one time there. Merle was, I mean, if they had the random piss too, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. he would pissed and loss of blood. He might be motivated to do something. Psychotic, well, so, plus being psychotic. Mm-hmm. So either they left the keys in the van, which zombie apocalypse or not, why would you leave the keys in a van or a one handed man? Hot wired the van. Hey, he's Merle. Yeah, I mean, you know, he's showing his own shown. stump. Yeah. <laughs> with the longest That's... burning piece of, uh, or, you know, bottle of Sterno ever. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> multiple bottles, multiple cans of Sterno with that, that hot iron. Yeah. Whatever that <laughs> Yeah. Mm-mm. Yeah, that burger press. Mm. <laughs> that was really nice. Mm-mm, that is a taste of burger. But I like how they I like how they left that to your Matt. They just showed the whole, you know, it, <clears throat> it reminded me of family circus cartoons. <laughs> Remember those would be like Jeffy's day, you know. Oh, yeah, the little dotted, dotted line. Dotted line, you know, dotted line goes up and over the fire escape and like, you know, sees zombies, hits them in the head, cauterizes stump. <laughs> I was thinking you were t- talking about, you know, when they would a- ask the kids, all right, who led the zombies to the camp? Not me. And you see the little ghost not me driving the van up. I don't know. <laughs> They're all in the van with the zombies. We, <laughs> we did it. <laughs> oh, good Lord. How do we, how do we work family circus? And <laughs> into that's the what we do, dead? I guess. <laughs> okay. But, I know. Uh, I think it was all those tasty fish tacos that lured us Oh, <laughs> You know, there was a Mexican restaurant when I was in um, San Diego. And the first time this commercial came on, I couldn't believe this thing was actually on the air. It was a place called Rubio's. And they start out, you know, Rubio's. We have such delicious different flavors and varieties of tacos. And we are famous for our fish taco. And they show this woman turning and just biting into this taco. And I'm looking at this going... Really? They put this on TV? Are you kidding me? There's no double entendres there? 
Oh, come there on. Were. There were. Yeah. And then they had the, they would do Rubio's, home of the fish taco. <laughs> like you see, here's the thing though. You this is what this is this is why what you were seeing was a brave business. Not <laughs> not not TV failing to censor that ad because double entendres like that. TV's been doing those for you know. Yeah, like Carl's Jr. gets away with that all the time with their you know like you. you putting meat in your mouth and having sexy girls having mm-hmm. stuff dripping down their chins yeah it, yeah it, most most companies just don't want to do stuff you know now now more companies are being but that they they were trendsetters they were just they were a small you know a local business and probably yeah that was 19 like, 1989 way back wow. in the way back machine so yeah so they were just like screw it you know well, you know, and they probably people love that, you know, and the people who didn't, the people who wouldn't like that joke and still get it probably would be like 80. I don't even know if 80 year old people would get it. I think the people who got the fish taco joke would. Uh, Were their target audience. Yeah, yeah. And, and everybody else, it just goes over because, their heads. Kids. Because I, I, like. I had to. I had to go there and try <laughs> me a filthy mind, basically. The the restaurant, but did you go there and eat? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah of course you did. Did you have a fish yeah. taco? Yes, I did. How was it? It was delicious. <laughs> as as they are. The, the, then, then that was a genius ad. There was another Mexican restaurant in out in, when I was in San, San, San Diego called El Pollo Loco. Mm-hmm. The crazy chicken. Man, they had some awesome food, too. But anyway, back to back to Vatos. Uh, so uh, I wonder what the names of the three dogs that uh, the guy bought from Satan at a garage sale. Have you seen those dogs in any of your garage sales? <laughs> those little small yapper dogs. <laughs> I see little yapper dogs all the time at garage sales. Yeah, the yapper dogs are the dog of choice for the people who have the best garage sales. So, have you been the one where Satan's running the garage sale? Not that I know of. (laughs) Yes, yes, Mr. Honeywell, please come sample my wares. There were definitely some contenders, yeah, but but he could have been in the guise of a little old lady, you know? Wow, I'd sell my soul to get this. There was, really? Would you? (laughs) There was this one sort of lady that was sort of like it's Pat, and, uh, (laughs) and she had a garage, like a garage sale trap. Where she'd have the say, you know, she'd be in her garage every week on her computer looking at eBay with just stuff in her garage. And oh, I, I thought I pictured like guys like you would come and you'd fall into a tiger pit and you'd all fight it out. Yeah, no, blow some like, yeah, blow some dust in your face. (laughs) No, yeah, no, it was just, it was just like, oh, there's a garage, you know, garage sale here. And it's just like, oh, yeah, you know, and eventually you, you start remembering the street and going, oh, no, not getting tricked by that one again. <laughs> this show has taken another weird turn. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> an, a whole other show. But, um, yeah, I, I'd have to say this is one of, definitely one of my favorites. Um, it's got everything... Walking, it's got Walking Dead action. Um, not as much gore. It, it's doesn't it have like gratuitous gore, but when the gore happens, it's it's oh, right at the, the end. Gut. Yeah. yeah, it's it's right. Yeah, at there's the end. there's some pretty good there's some pretty good kills. Not only of the of the humans getting bit, but there's some pretty good uh, headshots and 
you know, uh, there's there's a guy where the you know again the unnamed Mexican guy in the uh, in the camp you know goes and bashes a zombie's head in and just basically takes the bat down right on him and sort of I guess oh, what's his name Gallagher's one of those Gallagher and I was thinking like at the at the fair you know when you're yeah you know the strength test with the mallet exactly mm-hmm. exactly Ding. yeah that's pretty itch yeah he he rung the bell. There was a neat shot in there of them when they when they heard the gunshots and started running back to camp. That was obviously shot from like the back of a truck. Oh with, yeah, with the lights shining down in their face, and sort of lighting up a circle around them, the road and the woods. Like you know, mm-hmm. they were basically mm-hmm. in a spotlight. <clears throat> it almost yeah, well, they, cars headlights or something. They 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 weren't they weren't shooting. It didn't look like they were ever shooting uh, day for night. It didn't look no, like they were ever no, shooting. No, that was night with spotlights on them. Yeah, so and it's it's but it was you know there's there's no situation ever where you're running up the unless it's like the most insane full moon ever mm-hmm. where you're just lit like that as you're running yeah. up a hill. But, but I would I would actually great. rather I love that that scene like is one of the when I think about this episode it's one of the you know, file pictures that first pops up. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, when I was doing the synopsis, going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, I kind of noticed that the lighting in the opening didn't really match. Like the camp lighting wasn't always consistent compared to the city lighting. Like when it started out, they were in the in the quarry, and it was super bright. Right. And yeah. Then, and then and then later, when Dale is watching, um. Jim, it almost seemed like early morning, and then you go to the city, and it and it and it's it, it seemed like it was always the same time in the city, always middle of the afternoon or just like sun right overhead. Mm-hmm. There was no and it, so you know they might have filmed the they uh, might have been jumping back the camp scenes at different times. Yeah, you know, but I mean that's that's just a minor nitpick. It was just because something you just catch from going back and forth so many times, and you're like, oh, wait a minute, that shouldn't mm-hmm. this be lighter? But no, that was. You know, other than that, it was great. Although some of the the gore scenes, which yeah, they were gory, but yeah, I know it's a zombie movie. But sometimes you think, all right, if somebody's biting into my arm, I'll be damned if I'm going to stand there and hold my arm while they bite into it. I'm going to be ripping my arm away. Ah! And then the other one's chomping on uh, Amy's neck, and she's just sitting there, eh! not moving, just screaming. They're chomping away at her neck. Ah! Blood shooting yeah. all over the place. It's like run, bitch, run. Yeah, I think a lot of that has to do with the logistics of having getting a good shot of the prosthetic getting ripped on her yeah. neck, you know, and mm-hmm. all that stuff. So, yeah, it's just something you come to expect in horror movies. But yeah, but the thing about like that—that's the thing about the TV show—is it runs more of a risk of doing that than the comic. Because the comic, you you don't know if there's, you know, you just see the ripping action happening and the screaming and stuff, and you fill the rest in with your imagination. So you mm-hmm. could see him like pulling away or whatever, you know. Yeah. You, but, yeah. <laughs> oh my God, my arm! <laughs> what are you? What are you doing to my arm? You're eating it. That hurts. Stop. <laughs> Any, anybody have any back teen? <laughs> back teen. <laughs> Itchy owie. Ooh, that's going to leave a mark. Yeah. 
<laughs> Wouldn't it be great if Bactine were the cure for the zombie apocalypse? That would be funny, and you have to apply yes. it to an elbow to, for it to <laughs> oh. absorb and take effect. Oh my god, you just spray them and they just fall to the ground. Ah, why would you do that? Oh my god, that's so horrible. Oh my eyes. Yes, uh, uh. Wow, man, that worked pretty good. Or hydrogen peroxide. <laughs> they just dissolve. No, it'll, it would be like in that Shamalama Ding Dong where it was common tap water. <laughs> Play tap like, water. Like, like the water from... Uh, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, you just poured out. Oh, look, they're human again. Oh, and all is well. It has to be poured out of the the cup that Christ drank out of, though. So, a little they bit of a problem. Poorly. The Walking Dead and the search for the Holy Grail. <laughs> you could have a Dark Knight scene. Think about it. A Dark Knight? We're going to have Christian Bale? The Black Knight. Yeah, the Black Knight. (laughs) Swear to me! Swear to me! Flesh wound! All right. (laughs) Yeah, we've gone off the rails. I think we've... uh... Well, next time, I think we're going to do a twofer on the video, aren't we? We're going to combine the last two of this season. Because that'll polish off the season. And then we can get into that fun-filled season on the farm. <laughs> Action aplenty. Now I'm I am a defender of that of the second season. It's a it it it's a slow build and a slow burn, but when it burns at the end, it burns quick. When when we when when we, we get to that, I'll have I'll have my finally have my chance to, you know, get my little pointer out and point out all the special things that I like about the second season. There's a lot of things. Up until like the mid-season finale, I was indifferent. But yeah, I'd be willing to give it a rewatch, see what's going on. That's good because we have to do a show on it. Oh yeah, <laughs> I'm glad you're willing. That also helps. <laughs> it doesn't say anywhere in the Demanza Corp contract that you have to be willing. That's so, true. So that's good that you're doing that. I don't think you had the I skip season two clause in there. <laughs> Should have written that in. Oh, that would be great. Whole, opting out of whole seasons or or just certain characters or something. Well, so what did you think of Wesley Crusher in this episode? I'm sorry. I do not recognize Wesley Crusher as a character. I'm sorry, who? I must what? be. I, yeah, I have to be excused. I, have, I must be recused of this conversation for i'm pretty certain scott is renegotiating renegotiating his contract so he doesn't have to watch deep space nine <laughs> maybe, maybe that's why he hasn't been on he's renegotiating his demonzo corp contract oh quote uh, quote renegotiating <laughs> take that as you may. <laughs> all right so next time it's a twofer for you for Oh, we did no Speedy Gonzalez jokes. Damn. Oh, screw Speedy Gonzalez. I have a gun. Get back the gun. 
Oh, we're going to hell. sponsor an episode of this or any other of your favorite Two True Freaks affiliated shows. Simply click the PayPal link on our website, donate any amount at all, tell us which show you're choosing and what message, if any, you'd like us to read on your behalf, and you will be an official sponsor of that show's very next episode, with your message read in the show's opener. It's that easy, and there is no minimum donation. Be a show sponsor today. If you shop at Amazon.com, please consider using the link at 2TrueFreaks.com to shop there. If you use this link to go to Amazon and then you shop, 2TrueFreaks gets a little cut of what you buy and it doesn't cost you anything extra. So you get to shop as usual and help out the 2TrueFreaks at the same time. Welcome to Amazon. I love you. Visit our brand new website at 2TrueFreaks.com. 2TrueFreaks is always spelled T-W-O-T-R-U-E-F-R-E-A-K-S. Join our forum at ForumForGeeks.com, where you can discuss all of the shows on our feed with us and your fellow listeners. You can find 2TrueFreaks on Facebook. Just search for 2TrueFreaks. And hey, you can friend me, Scott Gardner, on Facebook, too. My name is spelled S-C-O-T-T-G-A-R-D-N-E-R. You can friend me on Facebook, too, if you can find me. Now available, Two True Freaks t-shirts. See our website for details. Two True Freaks is a very proud member of the Comics Podcast Network. You can check that out at www.comicspodcast.com, where you can hear our new episodes when we put them up. We are also members of the League of Comic Book Podcasts. For more information, visit comicbooknoise.com slash league. If you ever leave your house and you actually have friends, why don't you tell them about Two True Freaks? Thanks for listening. And join us every Monday for new episodes of Two Two True True Freaks. Freaks. We were finally invited aboard one of these spacecraft, which landed near Ann Arbor, Michigan on October the 24th of 1954. This is a drawing of the craft. As I was leaving the craft, the commander, Soltek, said, soon others of your people will be able to have an experience similar to this.